Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. But, but, but I also want to, I, I want us to understand that, that we are living in very serious times. You know, uh, Pastor Moses and I, we were, we were talking about uh, leadership. We were talking about eldership. We were talking about certain qualities. And, you know, one of the things that we said that I've never heard anybody talk about ever was, was the idea that leaders need to be serious. We need to have serious leaders, people that are mature, people that can understand the days that we are living in, people that understand the responsibility that we are under as God's children to bring about truth, but to speak the truth in love so that as we point to Christ, people will know the way because if we're not pointing to Christ, then the lost will continue to be lost. How will they ever find their way home unless somebody is pointing to the truth? Now, we understand that the truth is not popular. As a matter of fact, when the truth was born, the the political establishment tried to kill the truth. They tried to kill the Christ child. That, That was the political answer to the threat. That was the political answer to, wait a minute, a king is born? Not, watch this, Herod had the the scribes look into the scriptures to see where this king would be born. He didn't care if it was the king of heaven. He, He didn't care if this baby was coming from God. All he cared about is this baby is a threat to me and so I'm going to eliminate the threat. And he had the babies two years old and under slaughtered. That's not a very popular Christmas message. We, we normally don't talk about that aspect of Christmas, but it's in our Bible. It's, it's in the Word of God that that was part of the birth of Christ. And you say, Pastor, why do you bring these things up? Because my friends, I, I want us to understand today that when we live out our faith, the struggle is real. There are, there are challenges that we face. There are problems that we face. There is that adversity that we face. That if anybody ever told you that if God called you and, and you have a word from God that somehow life is going to be smooth for you, I'm here to tell you they lie to you. It's simply not true. It's simply not the way that, that God works. However, God works in the midst of all these things. When you think about Mary and Joseph... I mean, they get a message of peace and love and goodwill and, and all that is, is true, but for their own lives. Think about their lives. Poverty, having to travel as a pregnant young woman, not today, 2,000 years ago, that when she said yes to the messenger, Gabriel, that when she said yes, you know, literally what she was signing was her death certificate. That when she's thinking in her mind, how can, this, how can these things be? If I'm caught pregnant, They're going to stone me. That's the law. They're going to stone me. Gabriel, if I say yes to you, I die or I could die. That literally you're asking me to, you know, sign my my own death certificate away because these are the the issues of life. These are the realities of the day. And what about Joseph? Joseph had nothing to do with this at all. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that that he was a just man. Can, Can you imagine Mary trying to explain to Joseph... An angel appeared to me. I'm pregnant. God did it. Just let that sink in for a minute. You imagine Joseph saying, wow, Mary, I've heard a lot of stories over the years. This one 
Woman, you have, you have gone right. You need, a, you need a Grammy Award for this one. God. You're going to blame somebody else. God, you're going to blame God. Until Joseph, you know, even though he was a righteous man, he was going to put her, he wasn't going to have her killed. He was going to put her away silently to spare his shame and her shame and whatever she had done. And then an angel appears to him in the, in the middle of the night to say, Joseph, this is God. This, this is the truth. You follow along. Now, now watch this. If you're Joseph, you, you just think, I'm going to marry this young girl. We're going to have a, a Jewish wedding. We're going to have a normal life. I'm a carpenter. We're going to have a family. We're, we're going to do the quote-unquote normal thing until God invades into the normal and makes their lives abnormal. He, he is taken, he is taken from his normal life and brought into an assignment that he actually wasn't even given personally. Has, has that ever happened to you? Maybe you married somebody, maybe you're in relationships, maybe out of a job, you, you find yourself in something that's God, that you're like, hey, I didn't sign up for this, but, but here, here I am. How, how am I responsible for this? And yet, and yet you are. And yet there is Joseph willing willing to be with Mary, willing to fulfill the will of God, no matter what it costs them. The, the travel of, of traveling with a pregnant woman and then, and then having to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem in order to, you know, not in an Uber, by the way, or some limo, but on a donkey. And then when you arrive and her water breaks and, and all the, the normal things that have to happen. Come on, men. If, listen, when, when, when Pastor Carolyn first told me, when, when Annie was first born, you know, I, I was working at Port Union Road. We were living at um, the Shepherd and Finch area. She called me. I'm having labor pains. Man, 140, 140 kilometers down the 401, you know, arriving there only to find out it would take another 24 hours before the baby arrives. Huh? No, no, no modern comforts, no midwives. No one to deliver this baby. You, you kind of start to think, how is this God? How, could God not do better than this? Could God not prepare better than, than, than these circumstances? And, and then in, in, in a little while, the, you know, Herod, the crazy political guy, loses his mind. And now, now we got to go from, from Israel. we got to go to Egypt. Now we got to go to another country entirely. We, we have to move so we could save the baby. Because again, we, we've, been born, we've been warned angelically that, that we, we need to move away. Lord, why, why can't we just stay here? Why can't you protect us here? We, we have all these questions for God. But I want to encourage you that in the midst of it, God was there. My, my message, my message today, I've called it the visible God. The visible God. Now, we know that God is invisible. You can't see God, and yet God makes himself visible. We, we need to have assurance that, that God is with us, that God is operating with us. And, and every time God commanded anybody in the Bible, how did he encourage them by saying, I am with you? I am with you. And this has been our theme, Emmanuel, God with us, the very presence of God, the very gift of God. My friends, the greatest gift that we can receive in the Christmas season is God himself. Huh? God looks around. He says, I, I can't find any greater gift than myself. If you're honest today, and I'm sure some of you, if not most of you have done this, is you've probably re-gifted something. Huh? You recycled it. Nobody, everyone's like, no, no, in our church. We recycle. 
We're like, well, somebody else can use this for sure. They're going to love it, even though I didn't love it. They're going to, you know, because I need another cheese cutter wooden board thing, right? And so, <laughs> come on, come on, hello. But God didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't recycle his son. He didn't, he didn't say, hey, wait, Gabriel, what's in the cupboards? What can we send down there? No, no, no. Not even the mightiest of angels. He said, no, we're going we're gonna to send the son. We're going to send God the son to go down there. And he's Emmanuel. He's going to be with his people. He's going to be with his people. So the question is this. How does God make himself visible? How does he make himself visible in your life, in my life? And the reality is this, church. God knows where you live. He knows what you're going through. He, he knows the challenges. He knows the adversity. And by the way, if God's hand is upon you and you have any kind of call and promise of God, I want to tell you that your road will be bumpier than anybody else's. That's the reality. But the end, the end is worth it. The end is worth it. The end is worth it. That's why Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Let's, let's rise if we can. I want to look to the word of God. In the, um, in the morning service, I didn't even read this portion of scripture, so I'm going to try and be more, more spiritual in this one. Um, I want you to turn to two places in your Bible with me. 1 John 1.1 1, 1 says this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon in our hands, have handled concerning the word of life. He, he made himself a reality. The one that had no form took on a form and the life was manifest. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. And then in John, later on, in, in John 14 and verse 8, they're having a discourse and Philip says to him, to the Lord, Lord, show us the Father. And that is sufficient for us. Just show us God, the one you're talking about. Just reveal him to us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? See what he said there? You have not known me, Philip? You have not known me, Philip? You have, they, he said, show us the Father. He says, you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Let that sink in. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak, I, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the, the very notice, notice the, for the sake of the work. In other words, even if you don't want to believe me, believe the works. Who else could do this but God? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son. The word made flesh. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our spirits to your word today. And all God's people said, amen. Come on, high five a few people around you. I just want to share some thoughts with you. And 
Then we're going to release you to enjoy the second last Sunday. Can you imagine the second last Sunday before Christmas? I, I want to bring your attention to an article. We, we found this newsprint from something called the Daily Times. Uh, this was in Brampton. I wonder if I could, you know what, maybe if I could come right here to this camera. So in, uh, in 1976, who was alive? Who wants to admit they were alive in 1976? So in 1976, let me just show, I don't know if this camera's on. It is a picture of the old, uh, the old building uh, in our church. So you're part of the extension. This is the, the part where it has the boardroom uh, with the offices. And, and basically they were talking about expansion that would happen in the early 80s. And they were interviewing the pastor. His name was Pastor Ripley at that time. Uh, the article says that he was uh, 65 years old. The, the church was called All People's Church Full Gospel Center. That's what it was called at that time. And, and the church was growing, and they were interviewing him as to why. Why was the church growing? And he said, we strive to create an atmosphere for anyone who is non-sectarian to feel at home, and we welcome people of all churches, he said. He said that one of the reasons evangelical churches such as his are experiencing rapid growth is because of the tremendous pressure, imagine 1976, the tremendous pressure and crisis being experienced by most people. He said they want a religion or a faith and want to feel that God can help them. Hello? That God is actually involved. That God is a reality. He said that they are attracted to churches that are spiritually alive and that can have a personal, and that they can have a, a personal experience with God and experience the supernatural. And, and when, I, when I read this, I thought, wow, these, these ideas and these thoughts are literally woven into the DNA of the house. How many, how many understand that God had a vision for this church before even I came along, you and I came along, that, that God had a DNA for the corner of, of Finchgate here and Queen Street, and that this DNA, this, this reality of being alive in the supernatural, but more importantly, that God, that God is with his people. That, that God is working amongst his people. That no matter what the pressures are, what the crises is, and, and in every season, in every generation, there will be a different crisis and season. The reality is that people are looking for a God that is alive and not dead. That, that we're not here to be ritualistic, but that we are here to worship in relationship and to know God and to see God and to see God work through us and to see God work amongst us. So if God is invisible, if God is invisible, how does he make himself visible? Pastor, how can you say that he is a visible God? You remember that Moses Moses asked to see God, and he said to Moses, no man can see God and live. The power of God, the anointing of God, the, the glory of God will consume flesh. And yet, in a moment, I'll tell you how Moses actually saw the back part of God and actually remained alive. Now, here's what's interesting. Many people have seen Jesus, but, he, but they live. Pastor, are you saying Jesus isn't God? No, no, no. Here, here's what I'm saying. 
Jesus is God, but watch what he's able to do. In his resurrected body, he is able to absorb the glory and the power of God so that when people see him, they don't die. Huh? And, and by the way, particularly in the Muslim world, um, stories coming out of the Gaza Strip where, where people are seeing Jesus appear to them and giving their lives to the Lord because they see him in visions and dreams and what else? Somebody ought to give God praise for that. That, that even in the midst of war, and, and, and famine and catastrophe and, and all that's happening there, Jesus is still revealing himself. So how does he make himself visible? Because we cannot see him with our naked eyes, but how many understand that you can see him through the eyes of faith? You can see him through the eyes of your heart. I guarantee you, you have all seen God in one way or another. One of the ways that we see God is that God sends people with us. God partners us with people that demonstrate God's heart towards us. For Mary, it was Joseph. Mary, you're going to go on this journey, but your, your current fiance is going to come with you. He, he is going to partner with you. He is, he is going to help you. He's going to help you in this journey. Ultimately, you will get married, have children, have a family. But, but Mary, you're not going to go at this alone. Church, very, very rarely does God ever send us on his assignments alone. People will be with you. People will be attracted to you. People will partner with you. People will, will network with you because that's one of the ways that God reveals himself. And I want to make a statement. I want you to hear my heart when I make the statement because some of you, I'm telling you, your blood pressure is going to go up. But I want you to notice something that the one that God sent with Mary was a man. A man. And for... For the philosophy of some today that we no longer need men, and I don't need a man, and I recognize that men have done some, some horrible things, and so please understand what I'm about to tell you, but this concept and idea that, you know, I don't need a man, and I can live without a man, and I can do it just as well, and, and, if, and, if, and if a man don't, doesn't want me, then I'll go get a woman. Come on now, help me out. Help me out. Help me out. I want, I want you to see the order of God, that God said what you need is a man. What you need is to be in the right order of God. And I, and I, and I believe that, yeah, give God praise. That, 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 that even as we come into 2024, God is going to be setting order. Order in people's lives. Order in the lives of God's people. So number one, God, God sends us partners. And, and I say that in a, in a biblical term, in the idea of relationship, in the idea of networking. And, and if you have the idea that you can do things outside of God's order, I have news for you. Go back and re-examine your thought process. Because if you want to have the full blessing of God, you need God's order. I want you to see, number two, I want you to see that God communicates. Church, God loves to talk. God loves to talk. He communicates in this story through angels and, and dreams and, and messengers and, and, and shepherds. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I, I spoke, you know, on the hill regarding the message that was given to the shepherds, how Jesus is the Savior of everyone. I said to them on the hill, Christmas is not racist. Jesus is not racist. Christ is for everybody. And I, and I want to be honest with you, in, in, in going to the hill, it, it wasn't so much that I was speaking to people, but I recognized that I was at the seat of authority in the nation, and there were some things that needed to be said to the seat of the nation. God talks. People have dreams. People have vision. God, per, God is predictive in his, in his prophetic words. God, as a matter of fact, God loves to tell you things before they even happen. That's what we call prophecy, where, where God says to you, these things will happen. You know what it says to me, church? It says to me that God's already in the future. He's already been there. Some of you, you're, some of you, you're afraid of the future. Don't be afraid of the future. God's already there. God's already gone ahead of you. It may not look pretty. It may not look polished. It, it, it might not be the, the King David Hotel, Mary, but I'm telling you, you're going to give birth in an inn. By the way, I, I heard this amazing song. I think it's Pastor Ranjeev. I want you to look this up. 15 years old is my understanding. The, the person's name is Jill Phillips. The song is called Labor of Love. Go find this song. Um, I don't know. I might do something with it next next Sunday. It, it is absolutely phenomenal. Can I tell you something? It is it is more real than Mary. Did you know? All right. I, I just want to. <laughs> this song just crushes it because it's it real. It's real. It, it talks about a blood being on the ground. It it, it talks about the cries of Mary. It it talks about that that the the manger was not a clean place. Huh? That there are animals there in the stench of, of what's happening in that, in, that, in that barn, in that environment. The, the Prince of Peace is born. And all of this was predetermined. It was, it was prophesied. It was communicated ahead of time that when these people were actually fulfilling the word of God, they were walking in prophecy. Some of you, you have promises. And, and you, you, you reject them because they don't come in your packaging. Huh? You don't like the packaging. And so sometimes we reject the things of God. Now, I heard this really cool idea. Speaking of packaging, I heard this really cool idea. How many, how many have heard of, you know, people steal things from your porch and stuff? How many have heard of that? So here's what I want you to do. When you receive Amazon boxes, you know, keep the boxes. Okay, put all the junk you don't want in them, tape it up, put it back on the porch, and let them come and steal that. How about that? <laughs> Some of you are still trying to figure it out. All right, all right, number three. Number three, through his character and his nature. Remember I talked to you about Moses? Watch this. When God went past Moses... And Moses saw the back part of God. Here's, here's what God said. I'm going to put my hand in front of you. I'm going to put you in the rock, Moses. I'm going to put my hand in front of you so you'll see my hinder parts, my back part, whatever that means, right? But literally, it's, it's this, so that you won't die. Watch what Moses describes. 
Not his form, not he's tall, he's short, he's got hair, he doesn't have hair, he was white. No, no, no. Listen to what Moses says in Exodus 34, 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God merciful, the Lord God gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression. What, what, what Moses saw was the nature of God. Amen. That when we see these things, church, when we see the goodness, the kindness, the grace, the long-suffering, what, what really we're seeing is God making himself visible. And you know how God makes himself visible? Through you. Through you. I'd gone into a, a Starbucks, gone into a Starbucks and ordered my coffee, and I was on my way out, and, and I was, as I was on my way out, there was these two police officers who was down in the steels, it was down in the Steels area there and, and uh, Highway 10. And literally, I'm, I'm, I'm walking out. I'm walking out, and the Lord arrests me. You see what I did there? Two police officers. I know some of you are still on the Amazon boxes. <laughs> and some of you are like, okay, Pastor, we're not stealing from your house. All right, so... So the Lord arrests me and he says, go back and pay for their coffees. Huh? So I, and I'm telling you, it was, it was, if, you, if God speaks to you like, you, you just know. It was like, it was strong. It was immediate. And, and so I get to the counter and I said, I need to pay for these, I need to pay for these coffees. And they, and they looked at me and their first response was, sir, sir, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Now, watch what I didn't do, church. I, I didn't say, listen, listen, I'm an agent of God. I'm on assignment. I'm here. No, 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 no. I, I just, I did say this. I said, please, I said, allow me to do this. I need to do this. And so then they, they allowed me, and, and, and there was this awkward discomfort. There was this awkward, not in me, I was great. I was great, they were like, they were unnerved. My, my, my friends, isn't it sad when we live in a society that kindness unnerves people? Huh? You, you, we, we are more nerved when people say hello to us now. Right? Well, what, do you, what do you want? What are you looking at? You, you, you can't even be kind to people anymore without suspicion arising. And, and so anyway, they, they accepted it. I paid for it. I walked away. And I tell you, I felt amazing. Not because I bought them the coffee. I felt amazing because I know that I fulfilled the voice of God. What did it mean to them? I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it, what it meant to them. But I, I don't need to know. I don't need the final product. All I need to know is I need to obey God and just allow God to do whatever he has to do. God is in the midst. God is making himself visible. We, we have a friend of ours, Pastor Carol and I, we have a, a friend of ours we've known for many, many years and, and um, wasn't feeling well, went to the doctor. Next thing you know, they say to her, you have a, you have a brain tumor. We, you, you, need, 
you need to get this brain tumor out. That's pretty serious. They, they wound up going, it was benign, it wasn't cancerous. They went in through the nose, they, they, they took it out. How many understand that's pretty unnerving? But watch this, she's in, so Pastor Carolyn went to go see her just a week ago. She's in the hospital and she said, you know, they're prepping her for surgery. And she said, this lady walked in dressed in a nurse's uniform. She said, young lady, just want you to know that we're prepping you. Want you to understand everything's going to be fine. Um, we want you to know we're taking care of you. And we also want you to know that God is with you. God is taking care of everything. And so just go through the surgery and you will be fine. The nurse leaves. The, our friend was in the hospital for over a week. Surgery, recovery, whatever. She said she never saw that nurse ever again. Some of you, some of you have contact with angels and you don't even know. They, I, I'm sure there are stories of they come, they go. It's God making himself visible. So through partners, he makes himself visible through communication. Notice he makes himself visible through creation. The wise men, church, they, they followed a star. They, they followed the stars to find the Christ. Isn't it amazing that Romans chapter 1 tells us, if you believe in nothing else, believe in nature. That nature reveals the glory of God. That nature reveals that God is a God of order. That he is the creator. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that everything was made for Christ. And that nothing was created that wasn't created by him, for him, and through him. It belongs to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. It's for his pleasure. And, and he says to us in, in Romans chapter 1 that they are without excuse. All these people running around saying that there, there is no God and all these atheists. And I, you know, you, you know what always makes me laugh? I, I think to myself, wow, people spend a lot of time arguing about somebody that doesn't exist. Man. Why don't you go spend your time on something that you think does exist? But how many know that God exists? That God is with us? That God is real? Notice Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. The invisible is seen and they have no excuse. Here's my next point. God reveals himself through signs and mighty works. Colossians 1.16, it says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And when the angel appeared to the shepherds, he said what? He said, This shall be a sign unto you. This shall be a sign. Here, here's, here's what you're looking for. You're looking for a baby. The, the wise men followed a star, but the shepherds were to find a baby. Notice, same God, same event, different signs. God has signs for you. God leads you. He guides you. He gives you mighty works. He gives you signs so that you know you're on the right track. God is faithful. God doesn't want you to fail. God wants you to get it. God wants you to arrive. God wants you to be successful. And if you're honest, you would have to admit that God's fingerprints are all over your life. Huh? Have you ever, have you ever noticed you look at something and go, wow, God was all over that. 
Wow, the hand of God was on that. His, his fingerprints, his, his attributes, his, his signs. And, and then we say things like this. How did I not see that? How did I not recognize that earlier? How, how did I not know that, that God was actually with me? That, that when I thought I was forsaken, when I thought I was abandoned, in reality, God was closer to me than he ever was. God's closer to you. God is closer to you. And as much as the, as much as the struggle is real, church, listen, I, I, last night I'm, I'm at the table, I'm kind of just having dinner, and all of a sudden, I mean, I'm not even, quote unquote, I'm not particularly focused on God per se, although Saturdays by about four o'clock, something begins to happen in my spirit, and, and you know, you start focusing on Sunday, but I'm just sitting there, I'm having dinner, and, and all of a sudden, God brings somebody to my to my, my heart, to my mind, and, and, and I thought, you know, I, ought to, I should just text this person, and I, I just kind of began to text, hey, just thinking about you, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the prophetic begins to flow, and I, and I, just, I just start, I'm like, I couldn't type fast enough, I had to do the, 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 the voice recorder, Siri, write this down, write the word of God, praise God. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, you can make Siri prophesy. <laughs> Thank you, Apple, appreciate you. Huh? <laughs> I love it, Siri. Write down this scripture. Declare the word of God. Because yes, Apple isn't quite Christ-friendly. How many know what I'm talking about? And I just, I just begin to, I, just this flow came over me. And when it was done, I was, I was finished. I sent it later on in, in, in the night, you know, because it was somebody from the school. Oh, Dr. Tony, you have no idea what this means. And literally, these words were coming out of my mouth. And I was talking to her about 2024 and some of the things that were happening. And watch this. One of the things, I'll share this with you uh, on the New Year's Eve service is, is and I believe I'm giving you a, a pre. I'm giving you a pre. Everybody say pre. I really believe with all my heart, Pastor Moses, that in 2024, some of the things that we have struggled with, some of the things that we have, we have uh, identified with, some of the things that have, hang, have maybe hang on to us for a lifetime, I believe by the grace of God are just going to fall off. They're just going to fall off. Because the struggle is real, but the grace is greater. Huh? The struggle is real, but the grace is greater. And that's always my prayer. More grace, Lord, more grace. I need more grace. I need more grace. If things aren't gonna change, I need more grace. And, and sometimes, church, if we're just honest, <laughs> if we're just honest, sometimes we, we just say, God, if you could just acknowledge what I'm going through. If you, could just, if you could just, in your own way, affirm that you know what's happening in my life, that, that you know the internal issues, that in itself is part of the victory. Not necessarily that it is going to be removed. Mary, Joseph, it ain't going to get smoother, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to lead you. Joseph, I'm going to show you how to protect your family, how to protect your wife. I'm going to show you how to protect the child. I'm, I'm going to give you even instructions in the night so that your head doesn't get in the way. Some of you, some of you, I, I, just, I just declare this, you know. Some of you, in seasons past, 
You have, you have lived by visions and dreams and you have departed from them. And I, I just hear the Lord saying that the Lord's gonna bring you back to those things. Now, I'm not talking about the weird nonsense stuff. I'm talking about solid balance because every time I say that, all the kooks come out. You know what I'm saying, Pastor Mo? I hate that stuff. I'm talking about the reality of God speaking into your spirit. Speaking the word of God. Speaking instruction. Church, how are we going to survive in the coming days? How will we, how will we survive when you can't buy and sell? Oh, pastor, don't you know the rapture bus will be here by then? Let me know how that works out for you. Because the reality is that in those days, we better know God. We better know the voice of God. We better know the Spirit of God. We, we better know when, when the Holy Spirit says, don't go down that road. Hmm? When the Holy Spirit says, don't get into that Uber cab, whatever the heck they call it today. My, my, I don't know. My daughter, my daughter Emily, I don't know, she's got this fascination with Ubers and cabs and sometimes they come to church because of She'll say to me, I go, I go, how are you, how are you going to church? Is Pastor Mo come to get you? No, he's not available, Dad. I'm going to call an Uber. I go, an Uber? I said, as long as your father is alive, there'll be no Ubers. Your father is your Uber. And if your father's not around, get the fiance. But Emily... Emily, she's going to kill me. She's probably not going to feed me today. But um, her thing is, well, Dad, you know, I don't want to inconvenience anybody. Listen, when you're in love and when you're in relationship, it's okay to inconvenience. Huh? For some of you, some of you have this false humility that you won't, don't want to in inconvenience God. If I'm in relationship with God, God will be okay to be inconvenienced. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I could talk about how God writes. God writes. God writes. Some of you, some of you, some of you start writing. Start writing. I'm speaking into people's spirit right now. Start writing. I, I declare, I speak into your spirit. Start writing. Start writing. Write books. Write scripts. Write. Write. Allow that flow. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. Then write. Write songs. Write books. Write movies. How many know we need some good movies? Huh? I'm tired of the trash. Tired of it. Write. Sing. Dream. Dream again. Hope again. God's already in the future and and if we have to just go and save a few, then let's do that. Through answered prayer, God, God makes himself visible when our prayers are answered in various ways. How many know that God still answers prayer? Isn't that why we pray? Isn't that why we, we bring out those request cards? I, I said to the team, go get those cards because we're going to pray. 
We're going to believe God. I, I, it thrills my heart. It just thrills my heart. This is morning last week. We, we prayed for a young lady who had to go through eye surgery and serious eye surgery. And the pastor, you know, my daughter wants to thank you. And, and everything went well. Listen to what she said. Jesus was in the room. Now, you say, well, pastor, why didn't Jesus just... I don't know. I'm not Jesus. I, I don't know why he does the things that he does. But I know that however way he does it, whether it's miraculously, which we believe, sometimes through doctors, which we believe, we always trust Jesus be in the room. Answer our prayers, Lord. Be with us, Lord. And then finally, and this is the big one. I want you to stand with me. The greatest way that we see God the greatest way is through the image of Christ. Colossians 1 and 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He is the facsimile. He is the exact representation of God. He talks like God. He behaves like God. You know why? Because he is God. And he's in you. He's in you. He's in me. He's in us. And, and he's saying, go. Go. The team here, we're going we're gonna to sing, go tell it on the mountain. Which mountains? You know which mountain it is, Corey? You don't even know. All the mountains. You are so spiritual, my brother. You are so, huh? Whatever mountain God has sent you to. Whatever neighborhood God has sent you to, whatever location God has sent you to, go. Go and tell. Go and tell that the Christ child is born. Go and tell that the Savior of the world is born. And, and go tell a lost society in a lost world that is dying and is drugged out and is broken in this season. Go tell them that there is a God that loves them. That there is a God that cares for them. That there is a God that is on their side. Go tell it. And church, make God visible. Make God visible. Amen.